a lot of the older generation tend to not necessarily listen to the younger generation just because I think they may think that we're naive at times or that we may not be able to get things done. And to that I say it's been very interesting to kind of watch people watch us do such amazing things. Since the Columbine High School shooting in 1999, more than 338,000 students in the United States have experienced gun violence in school. School shootings lead to an increase in student absenteeism, antidepressant drug usage, and lower test scores. Research also shows that students exposed to school shootings are less likely to graduate high school, go to college, and be employed. What challenges do survivors of school shootings face? What resources are available to help survivors thrive? And what can parents and schools do to support students after tragedy? This is what I want to know. And today I'm joined by Zoe Ture to find out. Zoe Ture is the founder of C, Survivors Embracing Each Other an organization dedicated to building a community of compassion for survivors. Zoe survived the November 2021 Oxford High School shooting in Michigan and is on a mission to preserve the innocence of America's students. Now, she travels throughout the nation to advocate for safer schools, increase crisis and trauma prevention, and intervention services for students and staff. She joins us today to share how we can support students after tragedy. Zoe, welcome to the show. Of course, thank you. So, Zoe, there's so much I want to unpack with you. But first of all, just sort of the basics. Uh, what is your age now? I'm 19 now. You're 19. And so, um, and are you still in Michigan? I'm in Michigan right now for break, actually, but I go to North Carolina A&T for school. Okay, so you're in college. And Obviously, you know, you're part of our special series of episodes on school safety. Um, I really wanted to have a student on who's experienced it. You experienced uh, the tragedy and the trauma associated with the Oxford uh, school shootings in 2021. Um, I want to ask you, you took that experience and channeled it into activism before that incident. Were you an activist? Before the incident, I actually was not an activist. I had no political aspirations. I had no aspirations to be an activist whatsoever. I was very much a normal go to school and come home and go to sleep and start all over again. Obviously, this changed you. And I, I don't want to get too much in, into the details, but just listening to other uh, interviews and hearing your story, you know, it, it made my heart stop the fact that you had to actually climb out of a window to to to, to get away. Isn't that right? I did. Um, I think that people, there's a, definitely a big misconception about the size of the window, but it was still traumatic in itself. We have these um, at Oxford, especially in the classroom that we were in, these almost life-size windows. So it's more of a, a two-inch step, but it was still the matter of going out of a window and running across the courtyard into another building or side of the building. So that was a Thing in itself. Um, that experience, and I mentioned this in the opening of the show, is now an experience that over 338,000 students in this country have to go through. And, you know, at some point, maybe we'll talk about the politics of gun legislation and, and all of that. But you now 
are involved in activism and you talk with other students who've been through it, talk about some of the um, your takeaways in, in conversations you've had with students who had to endure that type of similar tragedy and in many instances like you run away from it. I think that there's very a very big similarity between the survivors that I've encountered and just the facts of our stories and exactly what happened. And I know that the struggles that each of us went through are a little different and our variations of our stories are different. So for instance, I may have jumped out of a window when someone else may have been right by the shooting. So for instance, I didn't hear any shots that went off. And so that's another level of trauma that wasn't unlocked for me, that was unlocked for some younger students, maybe, or even older students. And so that's something I can never even comprehend and would never want to imagine. But I think one of the biggest takeaways when listening to other survivors that I've met is that each of us are so strong and we have our own power in the fact that we've decided to continue to keep going and go through such amazing things as like, things like activism after going through something so horrific. So for example, one of the survivors that I met from Uvalde, she's, she should be 11 now. And so seeing her go through something so tragic at such a younger age than I was, because I was 17, and she was nine at the time. And so having to go through that at nine and what I went through at 17 and feeling like a big blubbering baby is, just makes all the difference. So being able to see her speak on Capitol Hill and go to the White House and meet the president, she's probably one of my biggest aspirations and one of my biggest inspirations and in what I want to be, because I tell her all the time I want to be like her when I grow up. I say children are resilient, but the human species is is resilient. Um, but when you go through that type of tragedy, and I say this for a number of students who may be listening, and they may have to go through drills in their classroom and preparation for all that. Um, talk a little bit about the days and weeks following, because you alluded to the fact that in, in talking with that 11-year-old girl at Uvalde, and you know you would break down, and 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 children have been known to 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 get upset. But talk about those immediate days following, and what you had to undergo in order to bring yourself back to some stability. I think the days after, I would never. I think I get this question a lot, and I think people tend to want to hear a lie versus the truth. It definitely is very very hard to kind of bounce back from what you used to do, and I think especially for me and I know for a lot of other younger people, I think we feel like we have to be a lot stronger than we actually do. And so I think I tried to put on a mask a lot of the times and feel like I had to be grown up because I was 17 going on 18. And so I felt like even though I went through this traumatic thing, I was getting ready to go off to college by myself and I knew that I was going far away. And so I felt like I have to be strong for everybody around me and I have to be strong for myself and I shouldn't let something this minuscule get to me, which back then that is the craziest thinking. But I know that I went through a lot of mental hurdles and one of the biggest helps or one of the biggest things that was beneficial to me, although it may sound somewhat childish, was kind of getting back to somewhat normalcy was hanging out with friends a lot. And so little things that we used to do, like we have Meyer. And so we used to do this thing where we'd go to Meyer on the weekends and quite literally just goof around. And so we'd get on skateboards and go around Meyer riding on skateboards, which is probably something we should not have been doing at all, and just buying stuff and going to the movies and going skating and going bowling. So different things like that and making sure that we could kind of get somewhat back to normalcy of what we did before the shooting was a very big help for me. But I think also starting therapy, although I did start a year late because I was very unsure of it, but once starting, it has been one of the biggest helps for me. Now, uh, it's interesting. You talk about... Uh 
just doing fun stuff, young people stuff, kids stuff. Uh, was that part of what led you to help found the organization C? It is. It very much is. Um, so C started back in actually this past November. So we, we come up on our year mark just recently. And so C started because I actually started with the group March for Our Lives, which we'll probably get into at some point. But I started with them and meeting other survivors within March was also one of the biggest helps for me getting over everything that I went through, just because I didn't have someone who could guide me in the survivor space because my mother and my father, although they were very helpful, they didn't understand what I'd gone through and they couldn't help me in that way. And so meeting other survivors who were able to kind of coach me through what I was going through and coach me through my feelings and so many gave me the idea of therapy. It gave me the idea for C, but I had no idea what I wanted to do with it. And so after the Rob Elementary shooting in Uvalde, that's when C kind of really came into fruition because I'd seen these younger students and I wanted to be able to help them the way that Parkland survivors and Columbine survivors and Sandy Hook survivors helped me. And so that's when C came to life. We got the idea to do a Survivors United Play Day, which is basically our take on field days that we used to have when we were younger. So we had things like tug of war, limbo, soccer games, anything from A to Z that was fun that can go through students from any ages and any ranges. And so we got together with C started with me and I think my publicist and my mom. And so we got together and I think it was probably two months before November. So maybe September or October even. And I sat down with my publicist and my mom and I told them, I want to do something for these kids. I don't know what it is yet, but I want to go down and do this field day type of thing. Let's figure it out. And they both, I don't think they looked at me with any judgment, but they were just very confused because they're like, how soon do you want to do this? We have to raise money. Who do you know? You don't know that many people in the survivor space. How are you going to put this together? And I was like, I don't know. We're going to figure it out. And so lo and behold, I, I don't know how it happened. But <laughs> two months later, we raised money. We got funds. We partnered with another group that actually came out of my high school called the Oxford Legacy. And so that's where a lot of IB students got together and made, I want to say, 1,300 handmade blankets. And they had been wanting to go to Uvalde to give them to the Rob students. And so we partnered with them. We had so many amazing, amazing sponsors. So American Airlines donated tickets. We had Therapy Animals of San Antonio bring out their dogs. And we had Little Caesars bring this big, almost converted semi-truck, and they turned it into a love kitchen. Oh, wow. And so they made pizzas on the, on the spot for us. It was amazing. 